Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. In the second stage of the Song of Songs, the lover of Christ learned three basic lessons. The power of resurrection, the riches of resurrection, and the life of the cross. Today in our program, we will go on to the third stage of the lover of Christ in his experience of pursuing Christ, which is the call to live in ascension as the new creation in resurrection. And this covers chapter 3, verses 6 through chapter 5, verse 1. This is Matt Miller with John Pester for our fifth Life Study radio program from the Song of Songs. Welcome back, John. It's good to be here, Matt. John, we're going to see firstly today that we need to learn the lesson of discerning the spirit from the soul. Yet most Christians today, they are not able to discern the spirit from the soul because they don't realize that there's even a difference. I wonder if we could start out before we go on to Witness Lee in our life study today to talk about this a little bit. I think this is a critical distinction that every born-again Christian needs to realize and have a full understanding about because there is a difference between our spirit and our soul, and it has an impact upon our experience of pursuing the Lord. If we don't see that there's a distinction between our spirit and our soul, our experience of pursuing the Lord will fall short because we will not know how and where to contact the Lord. All of these terms, living in ascension as the new creation, in resurrection, these are all dependent upon our experience of the Spirit. And the Spirit now dwells in our human spirit. And there's a distinction between our regenerated human spirit and our soul. If we don't understand that distinction, there's the strong possibility that our pursuit of the Lord can be misguided and misaimed, and we will miss the resurrected and ascended Christ who was joined to us in our regenerated human spirit, and that makes all of those experiences of ascension and resurrection possible, and even our being a new creation possible because we are joined to the Lord in our human spirit. John, you mentioned the uh, experience of the believer in his pursuing the Lord and how important this matter of discerning the spirit from the soul is. I just wanted to reiterate for those listeners who may be new today to our study of the Song of Songs, how the Song of Songs is a story of two lovers. And that story is a picture of our relationship with Christ as a loving seeker of the Lord. And so the loving seeker of the Lord goes through this process through the book of Song of Songs of growth and maturity. And today we're in the second stage of that growth and maturity, which is the stage of entering into ascension, which is critical, first of all, to discern the spirit from the soul. Let me read a New Testament verse that goes along with this. It's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and operative and sharper than any two-edged sword, 
and piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and able to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Here's Witness Lee from his original speaking on July 6th, 1995. I'd like to remind you, in the last stage, the lover of Christ has learned three basic lessons. Number one, she has learned the power of resurrection. Number two, she has learned the riches of resurrection. Also, she has learned the life of the cross. Very good. Now we come to learn the lesson, how to discern your spirit from your soul. And this is clearly unveiled in Hebrew 4.12. But let me tell you, today, most believers, they all say the spirit and the soul are synonymous. Then how about the first Thessalonians? Chapter 5 says, your spirit and your soul and your body. See, three. Three nouns, two conjunctions, and... The Greek exactly says so. So many Christians, they don't believe. For these kind of persons, they could never learn the lesson of the stage. Called to live in ascension. Called to live in ascension. Where is ascension today? Ascension is in the heavens. But we do have a part that is our spirit. The regenerated spirit joined to God the spirit. So these two spirits are joined together. One in heaven, one and on earth, two ends. Just like today's electricity. The electricity in this room is also in the power plant. Just one electricity in one current. The end is here and the other end is there in power plant. When you get into your spirit, your spirit joins you with God in heavens. And today, where is Christ? Christ is the ascension. Don't forget, your spirit is joined with Christ. So through the joining, the ascension is right in your spirit. When we say Christ called us to live in the ascension, that means we have to have a Christian life all the time in our spirit. Ephesians 2 says we have been seated in the heavens with Christ. In Christ and with Christ we are in the heavens. But today, are you living there? We are to live in the ascension. After being called for the cross, Christ called us further to live in a sense. John, let's develop that verse that Witness Lee talked about, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, and I'm going to read it again. And raised us up together with him, and seated us together with him in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So, John, this is almost mysterious here that we're in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus, yet we're still on the earth. We need to live in our spirit, we need to live in the heavenlies. How do we do that? While we're on the earth, can we actually live in the heavenlies? Matt, the key to the heavenlies is our human spirit. We have to realize that the heavenly, resurrected, and ascended Christ who's in the heavenlies is also in our spirit. Christ dwells in us. 
by virtue of the Spirit, our spirit is one with him. We've been joined to the Lord. The realm of the heavenlies is the realm where Christ is, and Christ is now in our spirit. So we are practically joined to the heavenlies because the indwelling, resurrected, and ascended Christ is in the heavenlies, and he's in our spirit. I think it's possible to have a really physical understanding of this term as living in ascension, and you think it's a kind of physical floating realm above the earth, but really... The realm of ascension is the realm of authority. It is the realm of being above and not affected by the material things of this world. Christ was ascended to the heavens because he was resurrected, and he is above all things. And to live in the realm of ascension is to live in a realm where the material things of the world do not affect us, We are separated from them and apart from them, and we're responding to a higher authority. And that realm is in our spirit. That verse, dividing soul and spirit. Many Christians think that the soul and the spirit are the same thing. But how can the same thing be divided? This shows the division of the soul and the spirit indicates that there's a distinction. And then in many of the Gospels, when the Lord talks about denying the self, if the self is the same thing, which is the soul, is the same thing as our spirit, then the Lord would be saying that we need to deny our spirit. But he never says that. We need to be people who walk in the spirit. To be a person living in the realm of ascension really means that we're living in our mingled human regenerated spirit where the indwelling Christ is. And he is there in all of his resurrection glory and all of his ascension glory. John, there's another verse in Hebrews chapter 4, which helps understand this. It's verse 16, and it says, Let us therefore come forward with boldness to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace for timely help. We're on the earth, and we need to come forward to the throne. Well, the throne's in heaven. The key to come forward to that throne is that the throne is connected also not only to the heaven, but also in our spirit. So I just wanted to echo what you're saying. Our spirit is the key to entering into this experience of Christ in ascension. There are so many admonitions in the New Testament for us to live in the spirit, walk in the spirit, walk by the spirit, which indicates that's the realm that God is calling us into. I appreciate what Witness Lee speaks about in Song of Songs. It's a call to live in ascension. The Lord is calling us into our spirit. Come forward to the throne of grace. That's a call. There is a call in the Christian life to come forward, to come to our spirit, to be in our spirit, to live, move, and act, and have our being in the spirit. And when we enter into our spirit and touch the realm of the spirit, we're separated from the things of this age. We're under the proper authority and submission to the Lord. And as a consequence, consequence of that, we become beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. The real beauty of the church is when the church lives and moves and has its being in the Spirit because it's joined at that point to the ascended and resurrected Christ, and that is what adorns the church, and that is what beautifies the church in the Lord's eyes and makes her so desirable, which is what is portrayed in the Song of Songs, the call of Christ to his lover to come into this realm of living in ascension as the new creation. John, that's a good lead to our next section with Witness Lee, uh, which talks about the new creation that we become in Christ. Let's go on and I'll read another verse. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 
So then, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, they have become new. Let's go on to join Witness Lee and see more about this new creation according to the Song of Songs, which defines us in this section as becoming a bed to Christ to rest at night and a palanquin to glorify Christ during the day. Here's Witness Lee. For you got united with Christ. You become a new creation. Second Corinthians 5, 17 says, Whoever believes in Christ is a new creation. Whenever one believes into, that means into the union with Christ, he becomes a new creation. We were the old creation, why? Because we were united with Adam. So we were the old creation. Now we are in union with Christ. We are the new creation. Here are illustrations of this union. See the victory signified by a bed. Why? Because bed is for the night. If anyone could sleep well in the night, that must be a kind of victory situation. If you got defeated, you run away, you hide yourself, right? If you went to victory in the night, you could sleep in the bed. So this love of Christ is such a bed, signifying victory. Then she is not only a bed for the night, she is a palanquin for the day. <laughs> As a carriage of Christ, made by Christ himself, of his resurrected uplifted and noble humanity. This is the wood of Lebanon. And the base is gold. That signifies God's nature. Then Christ's redemption signified by silver as its posts are silver. Signifying Christ's redemption is our support. Then the royal throne, the seat in the Pentagon. Why is it royal? Because it is purple. And the love of the believers cover him the inside. John, let me read a couple of verses to lead into this portion here for you, and then I'll let you say something about it. Song of Songs, chapter 3, verse 6, opens up with, Who is she who comes up from the wilderness like pillars of smoke? And then in verse 7 it says, There is Solomon's bed. And then in verse 9, King Solomon made himself a palanquin of the wood of Lebanon. So we see here uh, really three things, pillars of smoke, then a bed for the Lord to rest in at night, and then she's also a palanquin for the Lord at day. We're only touching the last two of these three. Go ahead and comment about this. Well, Matt, I really appreciate the verse in Second Corinthians that speaks about if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Our status as the new creation, is dependent upon our being joined to the Lord, of abiding in the Lord. If any man is in Christ Jesus, what makes a person a new creation is the fact that they are joined and one with the Lord, because it's the Lord himself who is the very essence of that newness. And in the call from the lover to his bride to live in ascension as a new creation is a call that basically invites the lover to be joined to him in all of his elements. And a bed is made by Christ, 
and the lover is part of that, and Christ enters into that bed and enters into that palanquin and is carried with it, and all of the elements of that palanquin are just Christ himself. The wood refers to his humanity. The gold refers to his divinity. The silver refers to his redemption. The purple refers to his kingship. All of these elements are part of the new creation. There is nothing in the new creation that is not Christ. And the lover is joined to Christ in that palanquin and experiences all of the elements of Christ. And that is what beautifies her, and that is what is attractive to Christ. He appreciates his bride. He appreciates the one that is constituted with all of those elements that he is and that he has. And so this new creation is just Christ. We cannot be part of the new creation apart from Christ. We have to be joined to the Lord. We have to be one with the Lord. We have to abide in the Lord. We have to carry the Lord around as if he was the passenger in a carriage of our being that has been built with him being added to us and imparted into us and experienced by us. John, you reminded me of Colossians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, which says that we've put on the new man where Christ is all and in all. All these experiences of the wood and the gold and the silver and the purple, all these things that make up the palanquin are our experiences of Christ that become our beauty through our experience of Christ that's attractive to him. Let's go on to our final portion with Witness Lee today, and I'm going to read another verse, Song of Songs chapter 3, verse 11. Go forth, O daughters of Zion, and look at King Solomon with the crown, with which his mother crowned him on the day of his espousals, yes, on the day of the gladness of his heart. Okay, here's Witness Lee. We're going to see what the day of his espousals is. That's really the day that we became born again. Here's Witness Lee. When you got saved, you got engaged to Christ. Second Corinthians 11, Paul says, I betrothed you all to Christ as the virgins. Then Christ become your bridegroom. That is a day of gladness of his heart. Why Christ consider his humanity as the crown? You have to realize, without humanity, Christ cannot marry you. No, because we all are human. If Christ doesn't have humanity, he's not qualified. Then he couldn't get us betrothed to him. So this betrayal depends upon his humanity. And this is his crown. I tell you, the Bible tells us something in the spiritual world which people can never see. When one sinner saved on this earth, thousands of angels, the praising, singing, is that true or not? Okay, if that is true, when you got saved, on your day when you got saved, do you realize that in the heavens, thousands of angels praising, singing for you to God. Have you realized? I didn't feel so. I didn't feel so. I only saw about a hundred Christians there. I, I didn't see one angel singing. But in the invisible world, in the heavens, when you got saved right at that day, at that moment, angels singing, praising. At the same time, when you got saved, 
By that time, you are betrothed to Christ. Christ said, so glorious I am a human. You see, now another human betrothed me. If he's divine and we are human, how could we be betrothed, humanity betrothed to divinity? No. So in this sense, the humanity Christ took in his incarnation and uplifted in his resurrection is his crown. Very meaningful. Well, John, we end today on a very meaningful point, and I just want to make sure this is clear to our listeners. There's two things we're talking about here. One is on the day of his espousals, there's gladness of heart. That's us becoming a believer in Christ, and he's happy. There's rejoicing in the heavens. The angels are rejoicing. But at the same time, there's no way he could do that without becoming a man. And the same day that he was resurrected, his humanity was uplifted. So now there's a man in the heavens that actually could be betrothed to us believers. Because as God, he really can't be espoused to the believers, can he? Our betrothal and espousal to the Lord is entirely dependent upon his humanity passing through the process of incarnation, human living, and death and resurrection. Without God becoming a man in the person of Christ, there would be no possibility for our redemption because there would never be the possibility for a sinless, blemish-free sacrifice that would accomplish God's redemption. And then without that same humanity being brought through death and resurrection and being crowned with glory and honor— as it's referred to in Hebrews, what is man that thou art mindful of him? You've made him a little lower than angels, but he's been crowned with glory and honor. This is the crown that Solomon is referring to as being crowned with. The crown is his incarnated and uplifted humanity. Without that, it would be impossible for us to be joined to the Lord. That uplifted humanity, it contains and it has all of the elements of divinity now within it. When that uplifted humanity is joined to our humanity, it becomes an espousal. I appreciate that verse uh, in Second Corinthians when Paul says he betrothed him and basically he espoused the believers and joined them to the Lord through his preaching. When we heard the gospel, when we received the Lord through faith, that was a time of betrothal, and there really was a celebration. If we didn't see the celebration in the invisible spiritual realm, I think we all felt a little amount of celebration within our own being. We realized something had changed. Something marvelous had happened and transpired in our being. We were joined to the Lord. We experienced the joy of our salvation, and that was a real betrothal. But that betrothal was based upon the humanity of Christ having passed through incarnation, human living, death and resurrection, accomplishing redemption, and uplifted and glorified humanity of Christ now joined to us in our spirit, in our human spirit. There is a a mingling and an abiding and a, a joining that has become possible. And as a result, this is what makes us beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. When he sees himself in his bride, there's a response of love. John, we've run out of time, so we're going to have to stop here. I appreciate you coming in and doing this radio program with me on the Song of Songs. Thank you also for joining us. We hope you'll call us to get more information or just to let us know how you enjoyed the program today. 
Our phone number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of John Pester, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today and continue on with us as we finish up the life study from the Song of Songs. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.